So what I'm saying is if you're, uh, you know, a successful realtor or a, you know, medium sized team that has a hundred transactions, man, don't waste your time on, on brokerage, you know, just, uh, you know, figure out how to do 200 transactions and 300 and 400, you know, and, and I think, right. I think, I think becoming a broker is just almost nothing but ego unless you, unless you do something that's amazingly different. You are listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. The Real Estate Sessions podcast is part of the Industry Syndicate Media Network. For additional real estate podcasts, check out industrysyndicate.com. Now, your host, Bill Rissa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. It's episode 176, and I'm here with Matt Fagioli, who uh, is doing a whole bunch of stuff in the industry. And we're actually recording video and audio at the same time. Matt's going to use this for for his uh, video stuff. I'm going to use this for the Real Estate Sessions. Uh, Can't wait to get started. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. Glad we finally uh, got together on the same timeline in uh, early January. Everybody's excited to kick off the new year and uh, I'm sure uh, you're no exception. I, I'm fired up. Yeah. Oh, it's, there's lots of stuff on the table where, f- look, personally for me, locally, we have, you know, I work for Fidelity National Title. So the business planning meetings are in full force. They had all December to work on their numbers. And now we're meeting with all the branches and all the sales team. And yeah, it's, it's that time, right? Everybody's got a fresh start. And uh, let's go ahead and all make it a great 2019. So um, look, you, you've heard maybe an episode or two of the podcast. And I, I, I kind of always started at the same place. And I, what I want to find out is all about you first. Then we're going to talk about what you're doing with Explode and your team and all that good stuff. But you're based out of Atlanta. Can I assume you're a, you're a Georgia native? I'm not. No, I'm um, from Philadelphia, but, uh, but I've been in Georgia, you know, 30 something years. And, and, uh, and Georgia is such a melting pot. I mean, not that many people you meet that are native Georgians, actually, or at least not in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, mostly, mostly everybody's from everywhere, but yeah, but I've been here so long. I consider myself a Southerner. So do you root for the Eagles or the Falcons? Uh, I try to root for the Falcons when I can, man, they're, they're, they make it hard. Uh, but, uh, but I still, you know, I still, uh, still like the Philadelphia teams, uh, Eagles and, you know, I'm pretty, pretty diverse in my, uh, sports interests. Yeah. Let's talk about Atlanta for a second. Cause you mentioned it's kind of a melting pot. I don't think for some people maybe don't realize that you just think, Oh, Atlanta, it's, it's a capital. It's this little town in Georgia, not a little town, a big town with massive um, corporate presence, right? Lots of different industries, you know, call Atlanta their home. We all know about Coca-Cola, but can you, can you kind of give me a few other examples of, of, you know, what's going on in that town city, I should say. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, most, most major corporations have a significant presence in Atlanta. Like it's either their number one through five on their, list of, you know, number of employees in a given city, right? You know, lots, IBM, and there's a million companies that rank really high uh, in, in Georgia. Uh, Atlanta's uh, something between four and five million people. It's a big city. And, um, you know, fantastic real estate market, which of course is, you know, core to what we're, what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Atlanta does get a little bit overlooked on the list of, uh, you know, cities, Dallas, Chicago, uh, you know, New York and all that, but it was a, a largest airport. Depends on what, how you measure, but uh, we go neck and neck with O'Hare in Chicago for, uh, for the largest airport in the country in terms of number of flights. 
Um, and that's because, you know, so many flights go through Atlanta, um, you know, even yeah. though you're not, it may not be your destination, but anyway. So, uh, yeah, huge market, huge corporate presence, growing like crazy, tons of, uh, you know, corporate incentives uh, and that kind of thing. So, we're, you know, we're, we're kicking butt. I'm really excited about, uh, always been excited about the fact that the, the, there's nothing stopping Atlanta's growth. The geography is perfect where, you know, we can go all the way to Birmingham to the west and all the way to South Carolina to the north. And, well, you could, you could go south. It's not quite as much fun. Uh, but, but, you know, we just have endless potential for, for growth and expansion. So Nice. You attended Georgia. And I love no, – I'm new. I've only been here two years in, in Florida. And I am becoming quickly indoctrinated to SEC. Lots of different stuff, but of course, SEC football, right? It's a big deal. I get it now. I grew up in California, lived in Phoenix, so I was always whatever, whatever, SEC, who cares? But, uh, you know, I, 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 the, the Texas-Georgia game was just about a week ago, so I, I have to bring this up. All right, Matt, we got to talk about, um, yeah. first of all, let's, just, let's not talk about the game yet, but let's talk about attending Georgia, the culture there, just the whole SEC football thing. I know this was a while ago that you were in college, but talk about how fun that was. Sure. I mean, well, you know, SEC is amazing. And like you said, I mean, I grew up in the North, which was all really pro football. We didn't pay nearly as much attention to colleges as they do down here. Uh, and I'm not the biggest, you know, biggest football fan in terms of college. But, um, but you know, obviously you can't live in the South and not be tuned into a little bit. And, you know, I mean, you know, the big, the big game was, was uh, not last night, a couple nights ago, right, at Clemson and Alabama. And, and uh you know, we were super into that. My brother-in-law went to Clemson. So, and we were, you know, uh, you know, everybody, everybody with a brain hates Nick Saban. And there goes all my Alabama fans, all my Alabama fans. <laughs> but, you know, so whoever's playing Nick Saban, I like. So we were, we were in the Clemson court. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Georgia, you know, uh, University of Georgia is great, great culture, great environment. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing experience there. Yeah. So what uh, you, you you get out of school? What's your first job? What's the first thing you do as you kind of start your career? Uh, I was in sales, uh, pretty much right off. Okay. I went to work for my, my dad. Well, not directly, but I went to work for a company that my dad was working for, and uh, picking up the phone, selling stuff. You know, pretty cold. Uh, you know, some 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 sales was to existing old existing customers, like dialing through a, a database of people that hadn't bought anything in two years. Um, but, but also lots of cold sales and whatever. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I learned how to sell the hard way by, you know, picking up the phone and, and having it slammed in my face. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. that that's going to become super important as real estate enters the picture, right? You gotta be, you gotta have that. Those skills are critical. Let's, so let's talk about you. You, you did spend a, a long time with one company in particular. Uh, I hope I say it right. Is it Tronix? Yeah. So, um, so this was, so I was a man, that's a manufacturing manufacturers rep company, uh, which was uh, the same vein. I started working for my dad. My dad left and said, Hey, let's start this company. So, uh, at a very young age, I was about to be married actually a month before I got married. I announced to my wife that I didn't have a job and had didn't, and I didn't intend to get one, um, and be self-employed and been self-employed essentially my whole career. Uh, and, uh, she married me. So that must've meant she really loved me. And uh, luckily she had a job and I made a couple bucks, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm a tried and true salesman and, and for through, through that whole period, um, uh, you know, I got thrown into a really, uh, sophisticated sales role 
at a super young age only, be, you know, because I was, you know, working for my dad and he was like, here, here's a, here's a bag, go sell something. And so, you know, I was selling uh, really complex products, uh, liquid crystal displays and touchscreens and uh, embedded computing and, you know, uh, at the OEM level, sold a really sophisticated set of products and uh, from, from 22 on. And um, so, you know, I wasn't great at it when I was 22, but by the time I was 25, I was, I was pretty great at it. And, um, uh, you know, just learned, learned to sell, like I said, the hard way, man, just kicking down doors and uh, yeah. did that for, for many, many years. And, and then uh, I got, in, I got into real estate. It was funny. Like I, this is a joke I tell on stage. It explodes sometimes is that, you know, I got into real estate because I wanted to spend more time with my family, but I'm bummed, you know, uh, <laughs> no, no one, in, no one in real estate does. Right. But, um, right. but I was traveling a lot with Tronix, at least in the Southeast. And, uh, and I wanted to build a local Atlanta business in real estate. So I did that was really successful at it right out of the bat, right out the gate. Um, but of course it would, you know, wasn't any better for my lifestyle and my family than, than what I was doing before. So, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so that's how I, you know, I jumped ahead of you, but that's how I, I jumped into yeah. real estate. It was a, a choice, which, you know, that's an interesting thing too, is, you know, there's not that many, if you meet a hundred realtors, I don't know how many of them made a conscious choice to go into real estate out of passion or choice, uh, which is what I did. Um, and, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the move, that move. And now it's been what, 17 years. Right. So you, you, you started with KW, right? Was that your first, uh, that's as, yeah, as a new agent? No three yeah. went to KW was there for three something, three plus years, long enough to be vested in the, in the profit share, which that wasn't, you know, my goal, but that's how it worked out. So I'm still, I'm still right. vested in the profit share there. And, uh, and was there. And, and then, you know, I, I made some other moves. I started a brokerage, failed miserably at that. We could do a whole podcast on why you shouldn't start a brokerage. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, you know, but the, as I uh, got into consulting and the conference business, I uh, put my license back with KW and it was there for, I don't know, 15 years until, until now. Now I'm at EXP, which is a whole, it's another whole podcast. But. Right, right. Well, let's, let's just, just because I like to share some information that might help somebody, give me, give me a couple of things that uh, some advice you would give someone who's thinking about after only three years in the business, opening your own brokerage. What, what are, what are some of those pitfalls they've got to really watch out for? Well, I, I mean, you know, it's, it would be easy for someone to look at my experience and say uh, like, Oh, he's jaded or whatever. But um, but I don't think that's it. I think, I think, you know, I had a, a good uh, brokerage put together, but what I realized was uh, it, it's just not powerful enough without scale. So that's, that's, that's my message is If you're thinking about building a brokerage, don't even start, do not even begin uh, unless you have enough volume of your own uh, or you have enough people with you so that there are hundreds of transactions per year. And, and a stable hundreds of transactions per year. Um, otherwise, it just does not make economic sense. And so, so I'll tell you the two examples that make that uh, story make sense. Uh, if you look at Mark Spain, who's in our market, a huge, a huge volume, you know, way up into the hundreds, if not thousands of transactions per year, um, was at Remax, then he went to KW. He learned a lot of KW in about a year, year and a half ago. They launched out. They're completely independent. So it's Mark Spain, real estate, that's it. 
but they're, mm-hmm. they have the scale. It makes perfect sense. They were paying money to KW that to just, you know, they could just keep, it just makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, and then, but on the opposite extreme, uh, there's EXP. So um, EXP is like this super lightweight framework that you can work with them. And so it just doesn't make economic sense to run a brokerage when you can get all the services of brokerage at super low price with very little uh, intervention and oversight into your business. I mean, the necessary oversight, of course. Um, But for the most part, you can do anything you want running a team, which is what I do now in Atlanta. And um, you can, you know, all the money, all the juice is in the, in the commissions. It's in the real estate sales. It's not in the, you know, brokers don't make money. That's, you know, that's almost funny unless they have tons of scale or they, and, and they've been in business for a long time and all that stuff. So, so what I'm saying is if you're, uh, you know, a successful realtor or a, you know, medium sized team that has a hundred transactions, man, don't waste your time on, on brokerage, you know, just, uh, you know, figure out how to do 200 transactions and 300 and 400, you know, and, and I think, I think, I think becoming a broker is just almost nothing but ego unless you, unless you do something that's amazingly different. And, you know, you've been around a long time to know that, you know, there's lots of guys that come up and be like, Hey, what we're doing is different. It's like, no, it's not really that different at all. If you understand what's happening at the national level, you know, so it's, uh, I, I think it's one out of a hundred guys that raised their hand and said, I want to start a brokerage. One out of a hundred really qualify. Wow. Yeah. I think about some of the, there's some really cool brokerages floating around the country right now, little startup boutique kind of things that, that kind of make sense because they fit into a, you know, maybe a culture or the, or the landscape or what's happening in that town. Right. Um, sure. but I get what you're saying from yeah, just trying to start a brokerage because you want to be a broker. Yeah. You need to really think that through. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, of course, you know, there's some great indie brokers that have cool, super cool vibe and have really pulled it off. But those are the complete outliers. Like, I mean, I, I bet you couldn't, if I, if I twisted your arm, I bet you couldn't count 20 that are really good. Right. And there's, don't, don't ask, don't ask me to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, let's, so let's, let's talk, let's let, like the, the main focus that I want to really talk to you about is, is gotta be, you know, the RE Tech South experience when you started that in Atlanta and then, you know, how that kind of evolved. I'm assuming it just sort of evolved into what explode has turned out to be. So, so let's talk about in 2009, just even having the thought of, I'm going to do a conference. I can't even, you talk, talk about a lot of work. Uh, I don't know how much help you had, but let's talk about that process. What it looked like in 09 when you were doing this. It was literally me and one other guy, Brad Nix. I don't know if you know that name, but Brad's yeah, a, sure. Brad's an amazing guy. And um, we were, uh, so I had started going to Inman Connect in 2007. And, and uh, RE Tech South was just purely this idea of like, man, I want to bring this thing that's Inman Connect and bring it down to the local level. And I want to do it in Atlanta. And, um, and so, uh, uh, you know, Pat Catano, I don't know if that's a name, you know, but it goes way back, but uh, introduced me to, to Brad Nix and, and uh, Brad and, is in Atlanta, but we're on opposite sides of town. And uh, part of the motive of the conference was, hey, we want to attract people to our brokerage. At that time, we were both small indie brokers. And um, so we said, hey, let's work together on this conference. And, and we just hit it off and we, we, we threw together the first one in like a month. Um, but people flew from all over the country 
this is before bar. This is before there was a bar camp. That the first bar camp in San Francisco was like the next year or something like that. And um, so there was no thing like that, and there were no conferences other than M and Connect really that were any good. So we so Ari Tech South won. Threw, we threw it together. There was like a hundred people, hundred fifty people came from all over the country. It was amazing, and and that just like sparked the you know the energy. Like man, I want to do more of this. Um, so, but it wasn't a direct line to, tr- to explode. I, I, we did uh, Tech South for several years and then I actually went to work for him in news for about five seconds. And, um, and, uh, and, and when I realized that that wasn't my path, um, I came back wanted and I wanted to start a tour so that we took Tech South all over the country. Um, Brad did not want to do that. Um, Brad had other business plans, whatever. So, uh, so I sold my interest in Tech South to Brad and then started Explode, which is now, you know, a national tour of, of similar events. Um, and, but of course now it's also moved in the sense that we're training the, we're going to the local market and training the local realtors in that market. It's not really, for the most part, people don't travel to Explode more than, you know, 50 miles, maybe hundred miles. Um, it's mostly we're going to, so we start this year, we're starting in Orlando. We're going to Orlando to train Orlando area realtors, uh, and bring to them, hopefully some of that, you know, in and connect experience, which, you know, costs a couple thousand dollars in a week of your life to get, um, you know, we're trying to bring as much of that down to the local level as we can. And, and I guess it's been successful. This is our ninth, uh, ninth year of explode conference. And, uh, you know, we've got great partners like realtor.com and homes.com and box brownie and, and so many others. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've kind of got a formula for, for hopefully how to help a bunch of realtors get a bunch of great information. And it, you know, so if you're, if you're the, the cream of the crop and you travel nationally and you go to M and connect and these other things, then, you know, you're, you're not going to hear anything explode. That's going to blow your mind. Um, but, um, but if you're the, you know, everyday rank and file agent, uh, whether you're doing five deals or a hundred deals or 200 deals, you know, unless you're traveling the country or really tuned in, uh, you know, we're bringing some pretty mind blowing uh, information um, to your market. So. Give, give me an example of a typical, uh, first of all, it's explode a one or two day event. It's usually a one day event. So all of our events are okay. partnership with associations and MLS. Perfect. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's some flexibility that we work, you know, we'll allow the, the, the structure to move a little bit depending on what the local association or MLS is needing. And sometimes we're, you know, partnering with them in some other way, but anyway, typically it's a one day, all day event. It's all tech and marketing. Um, and you know, a little, obviously there's a little bit of sales, a little bit of this and that thrown in, but for the most part, we're talking about how to use tech and marketing to scale your business and make it, you know, more attractive. So that you know, more business coming at you versus you chasing it and more system you know, in your business. Right. Right. And do you use, you, do you have a regular crew of, uh, of presenters that you kind of work with? Do you work with people in the local area? How do you, I wonder, cause you're traveling so much in all these different places. How do you put all, all that together? It's a trick, man. Um, but <laughs> so, so, you know, every year we'll have uh, a set of sponsors and speakers that travel with us for the, that have made a commitment to travel for the year and go to all of the events. Mm-hmm. And that takes up, you know, 60, 70% of the day. And then the rest is, you know, individual events. Sometimes it's a local realtor or broker. Um, sometimes it's people that we've flown in for just one speaking event, a speaking opportunity, that kind of thing. So there's always kind of 
local flavor and differences from one event to another. But yeah, 60, 60 or 70% is sort of an annual plan of who's going to travel with us. Okay. And so for 2019, I'm not to put you on the spot, but do you know how many events you've got lined up this year? How, uh, can you rattle off the cities if people wanted to know yeah. that? <laughs> uh, some of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's always like herding cats. I say, you know, working with the associations and the MLSs and getting everybody on, on the same page. Um, so the way we, the way we do it now is we have, uh, we, we always know that we're going to do 10 or more conferences and how many more is just a matter of which way the wind blows. Um, you know, cause the planets have to align for every conference and sometimes they don't. So, uh, so right now, you know, uh, we start the year in late March, we're going to Orlando, uh, Miami, uh, Charlotte, Philadelphia, uh, Minneapolis, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So those are, that's the first, the initial set. And then as we go out, the, the, the event planning is an ongoing process. So as we go through the year, we're announcing and adding more conferences to the back end of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so not that, that's just part of who you are. Explodes just a piece, right? There's sure. some other stuff you got going on. I want, I want to talk to you about a couple of them. First one is doing some digging, was able to see that that you, uh, you have a, a not-for-profit or non-profit, um, thousanddwellings.org. And I, first of all, let's talk about the genesis of that idea, uh, what it looks like today. If someone wanted to help, how would they do it? Sure. Okay. Uh, so um, the, the genesis is that um, I've always been passionate um, uh, about uh, charitable contributions and, and, my, and specifically uh, men in recovery. Uh, I've had family members who have had drug and alcohol problems. I've had people close to me that were either had problems or were in recovery when I met them. And I've got connected to uh, charities in Atlanta where they're helping men recover. And uh, housing is a real problem for these people um, as they, as they come out of uh, that environment. And so um, uh, in the, you know, outside of the nonprofit world, uh, you know, I have helped people get into housing. I have, uh, I own some properties that are, you know, where the tenant is somebody who's come out of that environment. And so the, that was the the genesis of the nonprofit was, Hey, how can I, you know, be uh, scale the idea of helping people. And it doesn't just have to be men in recovery. It can be single moms or, you know, whoever it is, but, um, you know, this idea of affordable housing and, and, um, you know, that's a big, big conversation. Um, you know, it's, uh, the people that know me know that I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty hard, right, uh, conservative guy. Um, uh, but I have this huge concern and passion that, you know, people can't find an affordable place to live and the price of housing is going out, you know, out of control and whatever. So, uh, so that's the, that's the idea. And, um, and, and honestly, we're just, you know, just getting off the ground. It's a couple of years old now, because um, uh, I, I was uh, blessed enough to meet the right people to help me set up that nonprofit. And I, and I came to understand that it's better, to, uh, that it needs some aging. There's lots of things you can't do as a nonprofit until that nonprofit has some aging. And so we set the corporation up, and, and I think it's probably two years now. And, you know, we've done a couple things, but it's just a baby um, but but the, the the vision is that you know can, you know c- could we at some point uh, affect uh, a thousand dwellings a thousand homes a year uh, where we're in some way uh, creating a nonprofit or excuse me creating a you know a relatively low uh, rent environment but 
that's, you know, giving that person a wonderful environment, not, you know, track housing or something like that. So uh, I could talk about that for hours, but that's the gist. Yeah, no, that's great. I love to hear. I love these kinds of stories. And it seems like more people than you would expect are are involved in that sort of the business, right? When I, I've interviewed over 170 people and I would say the vast majority are thinking of terms of how to give back, right? How do, how do we, how do we do something that helps, you know, that, that, um, especially in this business that we're in. So congratulations on that and continued success. Like it'll be fun to watch it grow. So thanks. Yeah. So you, uh, you talked about the fact that you started, uh, you had a, a brokerage, which maybe back in those days in, in Oh six, seven, eight, the little, it was a smaller brokerage. So it kind of maybe it felt like a team. Um, but now you really have a team you've got, it's the six, seven, eight real estate team. Uh, first of all, so I need to know what the name means. And then, <laughs> and then I see that you've, uh, you've aligned with uh, eXp Realty. So uh, I, I know a lot of people are doing that. In fact, I interviewed Glenn Sanford uh, oh, 20 nice. episodes ago. Was, yeah, very interesting guy and knew him in Phoenix before eXp was starting, right? He was still a KW guy. Uh, so, but let's talk about then what you're doing there, what, what the, how you develop the team, what's the makeup of the team, you know, kind of give us a, the, the overview. Sure. Well, I mean, this is, you know, man, if, if we hit on one thing that, that I really want to talk about, it's this, because this is where my heart is and where the passion is. I mean, I've been doing this Explode Conference thing for the last nine years, training realtors on technology and marketing. And, and before that, I had a really successful team. We kind of skipped that a little bit, but uh, I had a really successful team when I got in the business and, you know, huge business. And was in the top five realtors in the state and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, really got away from that and was just doing consulting and conferences and not, not practicing real estate at all. And I really was starting to feel uh, the, this nag of like, man, I'm, you know, I'm that guy, I'm standing on the stage and I'm talking about what you should do in real estate, but I'm not executing that anymore. And it gets stale after some time. So, um, you know, I think the initial idea was, Hey, you know, I, I want this to be uh, kind of a Petri dish of, you know, every technology that comes up, I want to have an environment where I'm working with those technologies. I'm trying to execute smoking. What I'm selling is something I'm fond of saying, right? Like this is, I'm showing, you know, this is how you should do it. And I'm doing it right. I know what I'm talking about. Um, and so it's made, it's made me a more compelling presenter, I think for sure. But um, but anyway, but the, so when we started the team, um, the, 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 the premise of this team is that uh, we have a, an awesome manager running the team. It's not me. Uh, her name is Kelly Robertson. She's an incredibly talented lady, and uh, it's, been, it's been fantastic. We just finished our first year. Um, but anyway, but I went into it. Um, if, you, if you read The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, uh, which I think is the, still the, the Bible of, uh, of, of real estate sales. Um, you know, he talks about seven levels of building your business up. So level six, I think, is where you get a CEO. And then level seven, you're like completely out of the business. So I started at level six. I had a CEO and I'm building the team around that so that the team can function without me because I'm constantly gone. But I'm not not involved. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hands-on. I mean, I'm going listing appointments if I have time. I mean, I... I just roll my sleeves up and do all kinds of stuff. So I'm, I'm actively working in that business, uh, but I'm not daily responsible for it. So, so anyways, that was the premise. And then um, the name uh, is, is intentionally generic. So um, uh, there, and I'll try to make this quick, but there's, if you look at all the teams in the country, there's two different models. There's the CEO model, 
And then there's the icon model. So Mark Spain's team is built on his name and his, his name is the brand and yada, yada. Uh, the CEO model, there's tons of people doing tons of volume uh, where nobody even knows who the CEO is, right? It's, it's just a machine. It's a corporation, right? So I'm fond of that model. And I'm super, uh, the name Fagioli doesn't lend itself incredibly well to the Fagioli team anyway, uh, in my opinion. And I wish people would, I wish people would do that less, frankly. So anyway, so I was looking for a CEO model corporation name. Uh, the, um, the, if you know Atlanta, the zip code, or zip code, excuse me, the area code, there's three or four of them, but the primary North Atlanta area code is 678. So that was the initial thing. It's like 678 real estate. Well, a, it's Atlanta's uh, um, area code, uh, and it rhymes, and it's easy to remember, and and all that stuff. And, and when when you think about it, because uh, of course we're talking about potentially expanding outside Atlanta, when you think about it in other markets, it's just simple, easy to remember. You know, like mypillow.com, right? So we, uh, I think radio ads is still one of the most powerful things uh, in real estate. We don't have enough scale our team yet to do that, but uh, but when you think about it in terms of a radio ad. Can you, you, know, you can, you can easily imagine hearing 678realestate.com. Like it, anyone who hears that is going to remember that URL. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what I, right. I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, um, let's dive into your business a little bit, the, the broker side. So you, you, you talk about technology and marketing and lots, you've done that for a decade and more, right. Talking about these things at these conferences. So if I was to ask you, what's the system you use? What, how, are you a lead gen versus sphere based versus what does it look like for you? What do you, when you bring an agent in, how do you describe to them, you know, how this team's going to work? Sure. Well, this is really interesting. And I think if, uh, if anybody listened to 30 seconds of this and nothing else, this is the 30 seconds uh, because we started the team with uh, this uh, even cocky, which I can't believe there's any cockiness left in me at 50, but this cockiness of, <laughs> Hey, it's all about the tech and it's all about the scale and it's all about automation and, and all of that. That was the premise. And the agents that we've recruited so far, that's what they heard is like, Hey man, we got this system and you know, all you got to do is get in here and, and, and do it. Um, and, and, you know, don't get, I still believe that you need that system, but um, a year later, I'll tell you, man, it's still about sphere of influence. It's still about referrals. It's still about face to face. It's still um, all those things are more important than technology, than, you know, incoming leads from realtor.com and that, you know, but so, so I, I hope where we're landing now uh, with, with what we've learned so far is, is this balance of knowing that, you know, we really need deeper uh, attention on sphere of influence. We, you know, while we're doing all the other stuff now, I mean, we closed the, it started out, um, I, I have not even hardly touched any of my past clients from 10 years ago, other than the ones that I've tripped across. Uh, it's almost all come from incoming leads from realtor.com and Ylopo and other places, Facebook. Um, and the conversion by relatively new agents converting those leads to sales at a pretty good, you know, uh, you know, 5% kind of conversion, something like that. Um, and, you know, we did well, you know, when people say, well, describe your first year, I go, well, we made, we started from zero, made some huge investments and we didn't lose money. So that's awesome. You know, like, that's good. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, not bad. And I learned it. God, I learned a ton. Um, so this year starting year two, way more powerful. We have some agents who are succeeding or working well in our system. And by that, I mean, they're get up every day and they're making their phone calls and they're working the leads and they're 
keeping up with the CRM and they're putting their sphere in and you know, all the stuff. Uh, so we have some agents that are succeeding at that. And so we have some great momentum uh, going into next year. Um, but we're going way in addition now layering on top of all the realtor.com stuff and whatever, layering in a lot of sphere of influence and then applying technology to that. So, you know, targeting Facebook ads and other things that make sense in 2019 um, to make sure that we get that, that sphere of business and that referral business. Yeah. So would you say that this experience of the last year of six, seven, eight uh, real estate team has, has maybe changed your vision or view of explode a little bit? Like did it, is the, the curriculum's kind of got to still be there for all that tech, but are you going to incorporate a little bit more of that relationship based? Sure. Model? Well, I mean this, yeah. this, you know, this last couple of minutes that we talked about, I mean, has absolutely changed me, uh, changed my whole view of, you know, where it's at. I've spent the last, certainly the last five years and I'm so enamored with the technology that we really weren't talking about anything else. And so, you know, I said, you know, I think, I think my experience as a, as a practicing team leader uh, has made me a way better presenter. That's part of it is now I, you know, I really know of what I speak because I'm, you know, I'm walking in it every day. So, so the, most of the people that come to explode conference, uh, the ones that have some sales experience, they, they don't get the technology and they're not using the technology. Well, they're not, they're not enjoying the scale of business and they're not enjoying the inbound business that they would be if so. So they're the polar. So we count came with a brand new team and all we had was technology. And we had no clients. Most successful realtors have a ton of past clients. They've applied nothing to, you know, so most people, if they did in a year, what we did last year from a tech standpoint, using their like past list of a thousand clients, we just, monstrously explode their business. So, th- so that's the message of the Explode Conference is, hey, look, right. if you've got a thousand past clients and you apply all this stuff, oh my God, you know, you're, now you got it all. Um, so it's, it's yeah. an interesting uh, dichotomy. That's great. Uh, Matt, I'll wrap this up here. We've, we've had taken too much, enough of your time. Um, I, it's the same question I've asked every single guest on the podcast since 2015. And that is, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? Top 100. Um, one of the things that I talk about all the time is uh, something I call top 100. I'm sure there's other people that have variations of it, but basically, if you get into business today and you don't know what to do, start making a list of the top 100 people that are most likely to buy or sell or refer you business. And you can get all the business you will ever, ever need, especially in your first year, out of that list of 100 people. And all the other stuff is noise. Don't spend money. Don't, you know, either get on a team if you want like a bunch of tons of incoming leads and all that kind of stuff. So that, that, I guess that's the part of the advice too. It doesn't matter. You need a top 100 no matter what. But before that is decide whether you want to be on a team and independent. If you're going to be independent, you better have some money in the bank. And um, if you don't have any money in the bank, join a good team. And that's a whole nother call about how to pick a team, but um, make that choice and then get your top 100 and then go crush it. You know? Matt, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way? And, you know, maybe we'll put these up on the show notes. So, you know, the URL for the uh, Explode Conference and for you and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, best way to get me is uh, email matt at 678realestate.com. Easiest URL in the world to remember. Right. 
Perfect. Matt, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's about, I've known of you, like I said, for a decade, right? I've, I've watched the RE Tech South. In fact, I believe Dean Willette traveled to one of the first RE Tech Souths. Is that true? I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a buddy of mine from Phoenix. So thank you so much for your time. Continued success and good luck with all of your endeavors as uh, 2019 moves forward. Thanks, Bill. You too. Talk to you soon, man.